thanks for joining with us tonight. As uh, think about uh, uh, preparing for this, <clears throat> I was uh, just reminded of you know people that are on a mission. People who are on a mission. I you know I sometimes think about the Mission Impossible movies, but uh, maybe you've just seen somebody. You know somebody. Maybe you are one of those somebodies. You're on a mission to accomplish something, and nothing's going to get in your way. You are going to get it done. You know people like that. I uh, watched um, the, the Last Dance on Netflix. It's the story of Michael Jordan and how nobody, uh, no team had ever won more than back-to-back championships. And they won three back-to-back championships and then did it twice in a span of eight years. Just an incredible story and just the background of this man who was so driven, so so much on a mission. And it's kind of inspiring when you meet people like that, that they, they're so single-focused, they're going to accomplish a goal no matter what. And as I was thinking about that, I just think of some of the, uh, the stories. When we say story uh, in the Bible, they're not made up stories. They're historical accounts of things that have happened. And tonight we want to look at that. We want to look at Acts chapter 16. So if you have your Bible, grab it and, and open it up to Acts, uh, Acts 16. We're going to get there in a minute. Uh, maybe you have it on your phone or a different device, and maybe you're watching on your phone and you can't. You can trust us. We'll put it up on the screen so you can see, but feel free to check that out later. But Acts chapter, Acts 16, actually all of Acts was written by a man named Luke. Luke tells us that uh, he was a, a, um, a physician. We know he traveled with Paul. Uh, we know he, he was a historian who wanted to write down all the facts so that people who read it later could say, this is what really happened. He was an eyewitness of some of the events in this book, uh, in, this, in this document. He was also an ear witness of some of the stuff that happened uh, as Paul and others who are part of this, uh, these accounts actually told it to Luke and he wrote it down. Um, Paul, Paul and Luke were traveling together. And so really, you know, as you think about this, you could really look at this as Luke's travel journal that he was documenting that became so important to the, to the, to the early church and the followers of Jesus to, to hear the backstory on Paul and how the good news traveled around the Roman empire that they made copies and copies and copies of this. And, and, uh, over time, um, we've had the opportunity to have it translated into English. So we get to see what really happened. And as we look into this story of what happened back then, there's such an encouragement uh, and inspiration, uh, a teaching for us. And, and I hope that you see tonight where, where, where our lives intersect with this story. We're not reading ourselves into the, into the thing. That, that's something that happened then. But man, there's something so true about what happened then that can affect us tonight. And so um, Acts 16 tells the account of two guys, a man named Paul and a man named Silas. And things were going great for these two guys. You know, everything seemed to be falling into place. And uh, do, you, do you ever have days like that where it's like everything just seems to go right? Maybe like I haven't had one of those days in like a few months, you know, like when everything was going right, maybe for you, it was like, oh, you know, everything was great for them. It was, man. These were two guys who were on a mission. They, they were determined to be Jesus followers first and foremost, and then also to, to honor Jesus command to his followers saying, make more Jesus followers. That's, that's how they, they wanted their lives to be. And that's what they were living. Acts chapter 16, verse five said this, so that the churches, the, the gatherings of Jesus followers, they were strengthened in their faith and they grew larger every day. Like just picture, you know, whatever business or whatever thing you're involved in, if it was growing every single day, uh, maybe you're a gardener and you're like, wow, like everything's just growing every day. Those are good times. That's when everything's good. And like I said, maybe, maybe he's like, man, it's been a while since I've had days like that or times like that. 
You know, maybe for you, you think back to a few months ago and you think, man, that was when like my business was just about to take off. Like things were all lining up and it was going to be a great, great summer for work. Maybe you started renovating your kitchen. You're like, yeah, it's going to be, it's a great time to get all of this stuff um, done. Maybe for you, you know, you've been asking this girl to go out with you and she finally said yes. <laughs> like, yes, things are, things are starting to look up. Or maybe it was like beyond that and you've been dating for a while and you're like, man, this is the one. And you got engaged and you started thinking, man, we're going to plan a wedding for this summer and, and things were going great. Maybe your marriage was better than it ever was. You know, Valentine's Day was just, was just awesome. Maybe for you, your kids, it was like, my kids, oh, March break is almost over and my kids are going back to school. Life is great. Or, or maybe you just had toilet paper and life was good. Maybe for you, your relationship with God was like, man, I got time every day to spend in the word. I'm like on the Bible app. Things are, things are going great. And then anti-corona came for a visit and never left. And you feel like, man, things were going good. And then, the, then they weren't. You know, the next few verses tell us what happened with Paul and Silas. Here's two guys. Everything's going great. Uh, uh, and they're on a mission to uh, serve Jesus uh, they want to spread good news. They want to do good things for others. They're loving people, but all of a sudden they're, they're hindered. That word hindered kind of jumped out to me because I think that's how many of us feel kind of in these moments. It's like we have desires to do certain things, but there's just like this, this hindered. Uh, Luke tells us this in Acts 16, verse six. It says, next Paul and Silas traveled to the areas of Phrygia and Galatia, two real places. I don't know exactly where they are, but because the Holy Spirit had prevented them from preaching the word in the province of Asia at that time. They wanted to go to Asia and, and he prevented them. It says, then coming to the borders of Mycenae, they headed north for the province of Bithynia. But again, the spirit of Jesus did not allow them to go there. And they feel this sense of like, God, we want to do what you've called us to do. God, we're on a mission for you. Like we want to, we want to be your followers. We want to reach people like you've called us to do. And, and yet there's this like, there's this hindrance. There's this thing that seems to be stopping them. And, and maybe that's how you feel in life right now. Maybe it just feels like one big hindrance. You know, you want to get your hair cut or, you know, you want to get your roots colored. It's like, oh, you know, my real color's coming in. It just, it just looks terrible. And you just, you want to get that, that figured, but there, it's, there's this hindrance. Maybe for you, grocery shopping is like, oh, it's this, it's this test in a, a, a frustration and this lessons of patience. And you're like, oh man. Or maybe you're just like, I just want to see my family members. I just, I just want to visit people and, and you, and you can't. Or maybe I should say you shouldn't. And yet you feel like, you know, there's, there's many who are like, we're, we're going to do it anyways, but we'll just keep this on the down low. You know, don't put that on Facebook. I don't want anybody knowing that I was hanging out with so-and-so. And, and there's this thing because why? Because somebody else may not feel the same way as you and, and uh, rat you out or, or just, you know, throw shade on Facebook at you or whatever it may be. Uh, maybe for you, it's spiritual. Maybe for you, you feel like, you know, your, your faith life, you know, studying the word. It's just kind of like Bible studies kind of on the back burner all of a sudden. It's, it's got nice outside and, you know, it, that, that kind of thing is just, it's, it's, it's still there, but it's, it's, it's a little distant. It feels hindered. Maybe for you, your Bible app, you know, you're, you're doing the streak of days in a row on the Bible app and you're back down to like single digits. You know, you were like, man, I was at like 78 days in a row and now, now I'm like at seven. And you're like, these indicators that there's this hindrance. Well, Paul and Silas were facing this. They wanted to do it. They wanted to be on the mission. And yet there was this hindrance. Uh, verse nine, it carries on. It says, that night after they'd felt all this hindrance, that night Paul has a vision and a man from Macedonia in Northern Greece was standing there pleading with him. This was in his dream that night. He says, come over to Macedonia and help us. And so verse 10, Paul's like, so we decided to leave for Macedonia at once 
Having concluded that God was calling us to preach the good news there, and when he says us, I mean, Luke was there with Paul. He, says, he had this feeling, hey, we, we, we had the feeling we're called to go and preach the good news. The mission's still on. Felt the hindrance, but they're reminded, man, the mission is, is still on. And so they end up in Philippi and things are actually going great. Like they go to Macedonia and things are going well. People are hearing the good news. People are putting their faith in Jesus. People's lives are being changed, like really changed. And then there's always people who, you know, don't like it when things are going well for someone else and they start getting all upset and they start causing a problem and they grab Paul and Silas. And here's what it says in Acts 16, verse 19, that this young girl whose life had been changed, it says her masters, their hopes of wealth were now shattered. And so they grabbed Paul and Silas. They dragged them before the authorities at the marketplace. Verse 20, it says, they said, the whole city's in an uproar because of these Jews. They shouted to the city officials. They're teaching customs that are illegal for us Romans to practice. Verse 22, it says, a mob quickly formed against Paul and Silas. Everybody wants to get in on this. And the city officials ordered them stripped and beaten with wooden rods. That was the order, but here's how they took it out. In the next verse, it says, they, so they were severely beaten. Remember that, severely beaten. And they were thrown into prison and the jailer was ordered to make sure they didn't escape. And so the jailer put them in the inner dungeon and he clamped their feet in the stocks. And you know, maybe you've heard this story before. It's a pretty famous one. But if you think about the descriptive words there of things that happened to these guys at this moment, they were grabbed, dragged, lied about, stripped, severely beaten, thrown in prison, clamped in stocks. And the question is, man, Paul, are you still on the mission? <laughs> Silas, are you still on the mission? And so I was thinking about it. I mean, like, can you just picture that with me for a minute, what that must have looked like? Here they are behind prison bars. And if we were just sort of sitting outside, you know, like a fly on the wall near this prison, you know, as it's dark, can't see nothing. It's not like here. There's not electricity. They're sitting in darkness. And maybe you hear their voices. Yo, Silas, you awake? Yeah, Paul, it hurts too much to sleep. Hey, buddy, what hurts? Everything, Paul, everything hurts. Oh, you feel like singing? Singing? Now, Paul? <laughs> We're not in church, Paul. No, no, I don't feel like singing. Paul, I don't feel like complaining. I feel like grumbling. I feel like griping. I feel like getting out of here. Let's picture silence. And after a little bit, once again, so you want to sing? What are we going to sing, Paul? Country music song? lost everything, our life sucks, let's put that to music. No, Paul, I don't, I don't feel like singing. But if you want to sing, Paul, and maybe he starts hearing Paul humming over on his side of the cell. Paul, if you're going to sing, why don't you sing me a lullaby so that I can at least fall asleep and maybe I'm going to have a dream about freedom or a dream about not being here. Come to think of it, Paul, <laughs> are you sure that you had a dream? that God told us to come here? Are you sure that this was part of his mission for us? Because it feels like a nightmare, Paul, and it doesn't feel like God at all. I know, Silas, I know, but I'm convinced that this is the mission. I'm convinced that we're supposed to be here. So Silas, you want to sing? Man, can you just, what if we were one of them? 
What would you do in that moment? What would be your response? What would be my response in that moment? Because I feel like sometimes we find ourselves in moments that feel similar. You know, the, that whole stay home thing feels like prison. It's like, man, it's hard to share the good news of Jesus with people when you can't talk to them. It's hard to smile at people when it's behind a mask. It's like, man, I guess I'll wait till Corona's over and then I'll, you know, start reaching out to friends again. You know, we can maybe, maybe, and for myself, I'm in this boat. I feel like I'm being reminded that we're still on a mission because I think sometimes we kind of forget you know, just trying to keep our own lives afloat. You know, that, that maybe for you, doubt knocks on the door. Like I think it may have for, for Silas that it's like, is this really God? God, you still are there? Because like, it seems pretty dark right now. It seems pretty dark. You know, I think about it too, Kingsway, as Kingsway family, us as a church, not, not like a, not a building or an organization, but as a genuine gathering of Jesus followers, do you realize, and, and maybe I need to be reminded of it as well, that, that the mission hasn't changed. So have we lost sight of the mission? Have we become distracted from the mission of what we're actually still on this planet to do? And, and am I still living on mission? I mean, for me, I feel like it's just such an important question for myself to ask. And I think that's what he's doing in my heart is reminding me, you know, don't sit here and wait till we get back to new normal. Remember that you're on the mission right now. This week, I was asked to participate in an interview that's going to be in the Haldeman Press. They were asking about churches and saying, hey, the churches are all closed. So what's happening now? How, like, uh, is there any like services still happening? What's, what's happening? And I just, as I was responding to that, just reminded that, yeah, the church doors, the building doors are closed, but the church is alive. And the church is on a mission because the church is the people. And as I thought about that, I thought, man, how easy it is for us to get knocked off course on that mission. How easy it is for us to be distracted. How easy it is for us to be hindered from completing that mission. To be, what's the mission? To be a Jesus follower primarily. To, to second, to make uh, more Jesus followers by loving people, loving one another, and by keeping unity. It's so, it so, seems so easy to get knocked off of that. You know, Georgina, we had prayed for her earlier. She's a, she's a lovely woman from our church who's um, going through cancer treatment right now. And I talked to her on the phone um, just uh, this past week. And was, when I was talking to her, she said, she said, Mark, you know, like, I don't have the internet. I can't watch any services. She's like, I know, pa-, she calls me pastor. She's one of the few who does, and we'll just keep it that way. But she's like, pastor, I, I know you can't even keep, like, keep, um, keep uh, your, your watch on me because you're not allowed at my house. But just so you know, I'm still studying the word every day. I know I can't be in the building. And, and she's got a way of talking that if you know her, you know it. And she's like, but man, I just, keep, I just keep studying. She's like, I don't know how the people, if there's people out there who aren't studying the word, I don't know how they're doing it. I don't know how they're surviving in their faith right now. And I was like, wow, I was so challenged because here's a woman who's the darkness, uh, man, darkness, like, you've been given a terminal uh, life sentence of, of uh, terminal cancer. The darkness is there. She says the doubt's there, but she's like, you know, I just keep on reading and he just keeps giving me the strength to go one more day. And I'm like, and she's like at the hospital thinking about who she can share with, talking with her, uh, with her son and with her family about who she can share, who she can share Christ with. I'm like, what an inspiration to us. You know, as I think about her, she's hearing that, hey, Georgina, you want to sing? Oh Yeah. Yeah, I want to sing. You know, I think about um, us and wondering, do we still have a heart for those around us? 
You know, those who are watching online, do we still have a heart for our neighbors? Uh, just even even challenging, you know, to myself. And I just have, have you invited people to kind of join you at church to, to come online and say, hey, you know what? Why don't you? Why don't you just come? Uh, why, don't you, why don't you do this with me? I know some of you have, and I think it's great. But why? Because we're on mission. Do you, do you, do you remember, are you aware that we're still on mission? Because it's easy to drift away and just wait for normal to come back. You know, to love one another, to be reminded of that and to, to, to continue to fight for unity, unity with other believers. You know, that's what Jesus prayed for us when he was in the garden, just before he was crucified. He prayed, Father, may they be one the way we are one. Would they remain unified? John, a Jesus follower, wrote about it in John 17. You know, I, I just wonder sometimes how many Jesus followers are actually uh, losing that battle uh, to the enemy, that he's just dropping divisive things in. I see it lots, you know, like people being divided by politics. You know, the, the ideas of, you know, the liberals are all making the wrong decisions or, you know, the conservatives are all making the wrong decisions and they're getting entrenched in this, in this warfare over liberal, conservative. Can I just tell you something? There's no liberals in heaven and there's not going to be any conservatives there either because it's never been about that. He says, there's not going to be men. There's not going to be women. I know some of you wanted to turn it off right then, but there's not going to be Canadians. There's not going to be Americans. There's not going to be Trump lovers and Trump haters. It's not going to be any of that. It's going to be Jesus followers. People who decide we're going to love regardless of whether we agree. You know, the people that you say, you mentioned the word Trump and it's like, there's this, there's this, this digging in uh, of sides, you know, ants in place, the things that are going on there, there's this digging in of sides and, and you know, COVID, even on whether you're social distancing the right way or not, it's like this digging in and this divide. Don't let the enemy divide us. Jesus followers, we've been called to love one another. We're on a mission. Don't allow, don't allow us to, to forget that mission. The question is, you want to sing? You want to sing? I know you're in the heat of that thing. Do you want to sing? You know, I think about that question and I, I think about what we do now really matters. What we do in those moments when we find ourselves, it matters. If we jump back to Paul and Silas, you know, Acts 16 verse 25, it tells them how Silas answered that question. And I, I mean, it's my imagination that that conversation happened, but somehow it happened that around midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God. And I know some of you, that's your verse. You're like, yeah, see, we're supposed to be singing hymns. That's not the point tonight. They were just singing, you know, they were singing. And so in that prison cell, I just imagine. I imagine after the silence of the previous conversation, out of the darkness comes that word, <laughs> yo, Paul, you feel like singing? No, Silas, but let's do it anyway. I imagine what they sing. You know, you're a good, good father. It's who you are. It's who you are. It's who you are. Sing it, Silas. Yeah, I'm loved by you. It's who I am. It's who I am. It's who I am. He's reminding themselves of the goodness of God. You know, that one maybe fades out. It's like, I'll raise a hallelujah in the presence of my enemies. I'll raise a hallelujah louder than this unbelief. I'll raise a hallelujah with everything inside of me and I'll raise a hallelujah. I will watch this darkness flee because I'm going to sing in the middle of the cell louder and louder. 
You're going to hear my praises roar. Come on, Silas, sing it louder and louder. They're going to hear our praises roar. Man, up from the ashes, hope begins to rise because death defeated our kings alive. You know, it's in moments like this, in moments like that, where you need to bring your, your spiritual atmosphere into the moment. Because when the darkness is pressing, it's like scuba diving. You know, you only survive down in the depths when you've brought your atmosphere from the surface with you. And it's that same thing, bringing that atmosphere of Christ into those moments, remembering, man, he's here with me. He's here with me. And then, oh, I love it. Verse 29 or 26, suddenly there's a massive earthquake. There's a massive earthquake. Oh, sorry. Go back one thing because it does. It matters uh, for us. Who's um, it matters for us? We sing, but it matters for more than us because we said Paul and Silas were singing. But it says in the rest of that verse, the other prisoners were listening because they're all prisoners in that cell. Paul and Silas and the others. There was just a couple prisoners that had hope and a few that didn't. There was prisoners who had hope and they sang for the prisoners who didn't. And you know, I, I'm just aware of that. There's still people around us who are watching, who are listening, who are hoping that there's hope for them. And that's the mission that you have hope. Are you aware of that? Are you still on mission? You want to sing? Because in verse 26, that's where it says, suddenly, suddenly there's a massive earthquake and the prison was shaken to its foundations. All of the doors immediately fly open and all of the chains of every prisoner fell off. You know, suddenly God shows up. And it's not that God wasn't there. He was there the whole time. And we know it because it says Paul and Silas sang to God in that moment. They knew, God, you're with us right now. They sang before they felt anything. They trusted his goodness in the middle of all the badness. And the doors flew open and chains fell off. And it wasn't just theirs. It was the rest of the prisoners' chains who fell off as well. And, you know, I, I was so challenged by this thought. They didn't wait until all their chains had fallen off before they started singing. And I know that, you know, when you get into this thing where there's this isolation and whatever else, maybe for you tonight, you're a Jesus follower, but you're feeling the weight of life. You're feeling some of the things, maybe it's depression's trying to creep in again. Maybe for you, hope's wearing thin on whether this thing's ever going to be back to normal. Whether Maybe it's addictions, old addictions are coming, creeping back and kind of knocking on the door of your heart. Maybe your mental health is in a spiral like, oh man. And you think, man, as a Jesus follower, right? I can't share anything. I don't have my stuff together. <laughs> Can I tell you, Paul and Silas were still in chains when they started singing. And tonight, if it's you and you don't have all your stuff together, you can start singing because it's not about you. It's the, the good news is that it's, it's about him. It's about who he is. And I love the fact that as they began to sing, light began to shine in that cell. It may not have been a physical light, but something was happening as they sang and the chains of the other prisoners fell off in that moment. I love how the rest of it happens. In verse 27, it says, the jailer woke up to see the prison doors wide open. He assumed the prisoners had escaped. So he drew his sword to kill himself. And Paul shouted to him, stop, don't kill yourself. We're all here. And the story continues. But as I read that, and I was stopped just like dead in my tracks because tonight, I don't know if it's tonight. I don't know if it's tomorrow or if it's somewhere down the road, someone's watching this this jumped out at me because that jailer, the one who made Paul and Silas's life and their misery even more miserable, he was the one who was about to take his own life. And Paul and Silas could have just let him and said, yay, God's answering our prayers. He's taking out our, our enemy. God's dealing with the people we don't like, except that they realized that was a man that God loved. And before that man could take his own life, they shouted out. And you know what? I believe there's so many people like that jailer around us right now. 
I believe that because they're writing about that in the news, that suicide, the trend is going up. People are running out of hope, running out of hope around us. Suicide seems like their only answer. I heard about a 12-year-old boy the other day. Man, the enemy doesn't care how old. And maybe you're wrestling with those thoughts tonight. I've been there. I've had those thoughts. I've been in a place when I was in my teens where I wasn't sure I wanted to live anymore. And I know the darkness of those moments. And if you find yourself there tonight and you're hoping to hear someone singing, can I just simply say the same words to you? Stop. Stop. Do not kill yourself. We are here for you. Those words that Paul said to the, this jailer, stop, don't kill yourself. We're here for you. And that truth is the same today. I'd encourage you later, maybe just to take courage. If it's you, simply just reach out from that darkness. Shoot me an email and say, Mark, it's me. And I would just love to surround you, to be here for you. But can I say this? It's better than that. It's better than that. Paul says to the jailer who asked them once he came in and realized, wow, they're here for me. What do I do now? Their response was this, verse 31. They replied, would you just believe, trust in the Lord Jesus and you'll be saved along with everyone in your house. Along with everyone in your house because Jesus is here for you. They said to the jailer and Jesus is here for you tonight, whether you believe in him yet or not. And my question for us is this, what would have happened if Paul and Silas had lost sight of the mission in that moment? And what's happening around us if we lose sight of the mission for a moment? Because that's a man that God loves. (laughs) There's a woman around you that Jesus gave his life for. We can't afford to lose sight of that mission. We can't afford to lose sight of it in moments like this because there's a ripple effect. The ripple effect carries on just the end of the story. The last couple of verses, verse 34, the jailer brought them into the house. He set a meal before them and he and his entire household rejoiced because they all believed in God after that moment. You know, it says they rejoiced. I think it's like they started singing. I mean, they started singing because now they had a song to sing. Acts 16, verse 39, the last two verses, it says this actually. So they, and they is the people who threw them in jail. The accusers actually came to the jail to apologize to Paul and Silas. Why, man? Like, this could not end any better. This could not end any better. The opportunity was there and they came to apologize and they brought them out and they begged them, leave our city. But verse 40, it says, Paul and Silas did the opposite. They left prison, but they returned to the home of Lydia where they had started in Philippi and they met with the believers and they encouraged them once more and then they left town. You know, that's the thought tonight. You know, the, the accusers apologize. And maybe, you know, this, this isn't like, um, this isn't one of those things where it's like you say, oh, well, if you do this, then this happens. I'm t- that I'm saying, hey, if you just begin to sing and trust and whatever in the middle of your storm, then God's automatically gonna get you out. That's not the, that's not the promise here. The thing is this, as we trust in him, we begin to see the opportunity and God giving him the opportunity in our lives to see him do something different, to see him do something in us, to see him do something through us. It's not necessarily guaranteed it's going to look exactly the same way because he's, he's got that unique relationship with every person. But what opportunities have we missed as a result of missing the mission. And I just love this. Paul and Silas, what do they do? They go and they're still in the pain. Man, they were just beaten, severely beaten the day before. They're not feeling like a million bucks. 
They're out of prison, but they're still battered and bruised. And what do they do? In that moment, they go and they encourage the rest of the believers. And my hope tonight, Jesus followers, is that you're encouraged by this message, that as, as it reaches for my heart, that it would reach for yours, that we'd be reminded, inspired, stirred up on the inside by, by Holy Spirit, that we are on a mission for him and with him, that maybe when you find that the darkness has blinded you from the mission, maybe you found that the distance has drawn you away and distracted you from the mission, or maybe the divisive arguments have been the distraction that have kept you away from the mission, that today would be just like that, that about face that brings us right back to where we were always meant to be, to live on mission. What's our mission? To build a healthy, life-given church that unchurched people want to be a part of. That hasn't changed. That hasn't changed. And so what will you and what will I do in these moments? Will you remind yourself of who he is and what he's done when you find yourself in that place of darkness? Will you reach out to a hopeless world who's looking for hope? Will you choose to love when they don't deserve it? Will you just choose to love? Will you choose unity with that other Jesus follower, even though you don't agree with them? Will you choose unity uh, instead? And will you sing in the middle of your storm? Will you choose to sing? And I don't mean sing. I know some of the guys are like, well, I'm not going to sing. That's not what I mean. Will you do what Paul and Silas did? Simply, God, we trust you. You're with us. You're in it. The mission hasn't changed. I'm still here to be your follower and I'm still here to make other followers by sharing your love with others. And God, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it with you and for you.